me ask you a question. Have you ever had something on your to-do list that you really didn't want to do that was kind of producing almost a, a sort of metaphorical gag reflex in you? And it might be something that that you actually want. Um, maybe you cast your mind back to when you were younger and plucking up the courage to talk to that uh, young lady or that young man. Or maybe it's a, a DIY project. Perhaps you have a vision of how you want your home to look, but between the now and the then, there is a whole series of work that you really don't want to undertake. Or perhaps it's something that you feel God is speaking to you about and you want to be faithful and you want to be obedient, but there is this tussle within you and you're struggling somehow to do what is being asked of you. Well, if you have ever been in any of those scenarios or if you're facing a situation like that today, particularly around what God is asking you to do, well, today's message, I hope and pray, is going to be helpful to you because we're going to look at the account of a man called Ananias who faced a similar struggle when God was sending him to do something. And through Ananias's uh, journey to that place of faithful obedience, uh, we see God do incredible things and we in turn can learn some things in that process. So we're continuing our Acts in Action series and today we're in Acts chapter 9 and we're going to read from verse 10 to 16 and the words should appear on the screen alongside me and we can read together. Acts chapter 9 and verses 10 to 16. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to address all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is, a cho is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So let me pray for us this morning and then we'll get into this passage a little bit more. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have a heart, a vision, a passion for us and those around us. And we pray today, Lord, that you would help us to understand something of that call, of that heart and help us to get to a place where we can understand it and get on board with all that you want to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're not familiar with the setting of the book of Acts, just before the passage we read, we read about a man named Saul, Saul of Tarsus, who is public enemy number one as far as the Christians are concerned. He has made it his mission in life to persecute and attack. And generally his objective is to wipe Christianity off the face of the earth. 
And what we read at the beginning of this passage is how God confronts him on the road to Damascus and reveals himself to him. And he is in a process of what God is doing in his life. But Ananias knows nothing about this. So we're going to look at how Ananias kind of uh, moves from this place at the start of the chapter, at the start of the passage to the end. And I just want to pick out five points. Now, they're not kind of points that I'm going to spend 20 minutes on and unpacking and everything like that. It's not that you need to you know, really make yourself comfortable, but they're more milestones in Ananias's journey to get to the place of responding to the sending of God. And the first one, they all start with C, just to help you remember, the first one is conflict. Because God speaks to Ananias and says, go and speak to this man, Saul. And Ananias is unaware that Saul is in the dealings of God. All he knows about him is that he is is kind of determined to wipe out the Christians. It is like you or I being asked to go and speak about our faith to the, you know, to some uh, fundamentalist terrorist who is determined to wipe Christians off the face of the earth. And, you know, that might seem an extreme example for us, but actually for uh, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, that is the reality of the situation they're facing. But for Ananias, this call that God is giving him brings him into a place of conflict. He is challenged. What would you do, I wonder, if you felt God speaking to you in that way? How would you respond? Well, what Ananias does is um, at the same time obvious, but also genius. And this is our second C, our second milestone, and it's conversation. He talks to God about this. The Lord has spoken something to him and it puts Ananias in a difficult place and he's conflicted and he is challenged. So he goes back to God and says, Lord, I am struggling with what you have asked me to do. Do you not understand what this man saw is all about? And it's a really, like I said, a really obvious thing to do. And yet it's something that we so often can forget to do. If we are challenged by what God is saying to us, then we should talk to God. It's, you know, let's not assume that we have heard everything God wants to say on the matter. If the message is challenging to us, let's go back to the messenger and try to understand what he is talking about some more. One of the ways that uh, I do this and I found really helpful while we've been in lockdown this past year is through journaling. And I just kind of have a notebook and I just sort of write to God what I'm thinking or what's going on in my thoughts or in my heart. And in the process of doing that, I find so often that the Lord brings clarity to my thinking and helps me to understand some of the challenges I'm facing or more often than not, how I am the challenge to the process. But when God brings something to our life that puts us in a place of conflict and of challenge, then we should talk to him about it. So that's our second milestone. We have conflict and we have conversation. And the third C is context. Because what God does in response to Ananias talking to him is he reassures 
He brings reassurance to him, but he does it in a most unexpected way. Because you might imagine the Lord in that situation really um, reassuring Ananias by bigging him up, by saying, oh, Ananias, you the man, you can do this. You're awesome. Go for it. But what the Lord does is, well, he, he doesn't talk about Ananias at all. He talks about Saul. He says that Saul is my chosen instrument. He doesn't say, Ananias, you are my chosen instrument. He says, Saul is my chosen instrument. Rather than reassuring Ananias by talking about his plan for Ananias, the Lord reassures him by talking about his plan for Saul. In other words, it's like he shows Ananias the bigger picture. You know, like we said before, Ananias is unaware that Saul is in the dealings of God. All he can see is like kind of what's above the surface or what's kind of front of house, if you like. He, he's aware of Saul persecuting. And what God does is he brings revelation and he shows him what is going on under the surface. He, the, the, in the Bible, it uses a, a word revelation. It literally means to draw back. The curtains, the book of Revelation at the end of the New Testament, sometimes called the apocalypse. That word just means drawing back the curtains so that we see things that only God sees. And so God brings revelation to Ananias's life. He shows him what he is doing. He brings him understanding and shows him the bigger picture. He lifts his perspective. And this is a really important question to ask, to say, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? You know, it's a really important question for ourselves, but it's also for, um, you know, those of us who are uh, walking uh, life alongside others. It's one of the things you learn as a pastor and a city group leader. Sometimes when people are in challenging situations, it's natural as humans, isn't it, to want to step in, to want to rescue, to want to provide a way out. But it, one of the things that I've learned over many years is just to stop and ask the question, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? Is the challenge that this person has experienced part of your dealing with them, part of you trying to teach them and to help them? And we need to be really careful about not stepping in too soon and robbing people of an opportunity to receive what God is doing in their life. So it's a super important question to say, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? And out of that conflict and out of that conversation, then God answers that question for Ananias. He gives the context. He shows him the bigger picture and shows him what he is about in this situation. And that brings us to our fourth C, our fourth milestone in Ananias's journey. And it is confidence. Because in revealing, drawing back the curtain, giving that perspective to Ananias, the Lord demonstrates his trust in him. It's like he, he kind of welcomes and let come in and see how I see things. There's a beautiful verse in Psalm 25 and verse 14, and it says, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Isn't that such a precious picture? The Lord confides in us. He, he says, come on, let me show you what I can see. Come and join in on my plan. Come and be part of it. The Lord confides in those who fear him or who kind of revere him, who have the right attitude towards him. 
And God, in, in sort of confiding in Ananias, builds, it's like mutual trust. The Lord reveals to Ananias his trust in him. And in response, Ananias trusts in the Lord. And I think this is really, really valuable. And there's an important lesson here because you could look at this process of Ananias being sent and think, well, Ananias should have just got on board with the vision, shouldn't he? And would have got there much quicker. But somehow in, in kind of being honest about his challenges and in having that conversation with God, it enables him to understand things more fully. He doesn't assume that he's heard everything that he needs to hear on the topic. And that builds trust. So rather than being kind of stumbling blocks, there are actually things that strengthen. And it's true in relationships. You know, any of us who uh, have kind of had some challenge in our relationships can understand that those challenges and overcoming them can serve to strengthen the relationship. And that's what happens here in Ananias' relationship to the Lord. And so that's our fourth C. Our fourth milestone is confidence. And that brings us to our fifth and final one, which is change change not only change in Ananias and in his perspective and how he see things not just change in terms of his action and that he goes and he responds to what God is saying but ultimately it brings change to Saul and you may know if you have some familiarity with the New Testament that Saul's name changes in the process of responding to what God is doing with him and the message that Ananias brings him. And his name is changed to Paul and he is the Apostle Paul. And he wrote a good deal of the New Testament. And far from being public enemy number one, he becomes one of God's most trusted foot soldiers and such an agent for change in the world at that time that actually we are all still living off the repercussions of what happened there. That Paul's Saul's change from Saul to Paul to one of the biggest catalysts in the growth of the early church is incredible and so significant. And it starts and, it uh, you know, such an important part of that is Ananias saying yes to the Lord. Is Ananias, you know, through this process of being sent, being obedient and going and speaking to Saul. It brings about change that goes on bringing about change that goes on bringing about change. It is the start of a multiplication journey. There is exponential growth off the back. Such is the impact of this, uh, of, kind of what God does on Saul's life. There is such growth in this church and such impact that actually every one of us sat listening to this message today has been impacted by what happened that day and I guess Ananias had no comprehension he had no idea of the kind of change it would bring but it was so important that he made that right response that he went on that journey that brought him because of the change that took place so there are five milestones in the journey of being sent and, you know, each of them can apply to us at different stages in our life. So the first one we talked about was conflict. Maybe right now you're in a place of conflict that, you know, God is speaking to you about something and you are struggling with this. Or maybe you're not at the minute, but, you know, I can almost guarantee that at some point you will. 
because you know when when God speaks to us our natural selfish self can kind of tussle with it and that, so if you're in a place of contact con, uh, conflict today or you know that you're going to be in there then we can learn from Ananias's example and the response is to talk to God you know it's so important just to have that dialogue with God not just to sit and and sort of simmer or struggle inwardly but to have the conversation with God and when we do that, it brings us to that third C, to context. I wonder, can you stop and ask the question, what is God doing in this situation? Or maybe you're in a difficult situation, you're looking around and you're a bit confused. But each one of us can say, Lord, what are you doing? And ask God to bring some revelation. It might come through something we're reading in the Bible. It might come through someone else. It might come through the Holy Spirit dropping something into our heart. But God will help us to see things as he sees them. And that brings us to the fourth C, to confidence, to appreciating that God trusts us, that God confides in us and the, the, the you know, value and the importance of us responding by trusting in him and brings us to that fifth C, that fifth milestone, which is change. You know what? God wants you to be an agent of change, just like Ananias. And the conversations you have, the actions you take, the responses you make can bring huge change, not just, you know, in your life, but in the lives of one, two, three, many people. Time and time again, I have seen when someone makes a response to God, actually, it can impact the rest of their family, the rest of their sphere of influence, others in their community, on their classes, in their halls of residence, in their homes, the people around them. Such is the power of one person saying yes to God. And so if we can appreciate what God is doing on the earth, that he has a great heart and wants to see people change. He wants to see change in our nation. Do you can you look at our nation and say, oh, God, our nation needs to change. My neighborhood needs to change. My family needs to change. God would say to us, yes, come and be part of that change. Come and be part of it. Can we see what God is doing and are we willing to be part of that change? I want to invite us to pray and to respond this morning. You know, if any of those uh, points in Ananias's journey has resonated with you, whether you're in a place of conflict with what God is asking you to do, whether you are uh, kind of simmering with challenges rather than talking with God, whether you're in a place where you need to understand God's bigger picture, whether you're in that process of developing mutual trust with God, or, or kind of that you're in a place where you look around, you see things need to change, and you haven't quite realised that God wants you to be part of that change. He wants you to be one of the agents of change. I want to pray and invite you to pray. So just in kind of wherever you are at in that journey and in that process of being sent, can I invite you just to shut your eyes, but to have your ears open to what God wants to say to you this morning. God to bring that revelation, draw back to help us to see this bigger picture we would understand his heart, his vision, and his plan, and that we would be able to get to a point.
for each and every one of us. Listening, joining in this school, which we are in our mind and our hearts, would you help us to understand your heart, your plan, your bigger picture, just for us, but for the people around us, in our city group, in our church, families, in our neighborhood, in nation, nations of the world. Lord, would you lift our sight? Lord, would you help us to see that you are fighting us? to be part of something so stupendous, so incredible, so ambitious. Lord, you trust us to be part of that. We want to say yes to you. We invite you in your homes who are living in very well. We say yes to God. And you just indicate that response of trust, that willingness, even if you the end of that journey like Ananias yet but wherever you're at you know where you you know that you want to get to that yes this morning Lord we say yes to you yes to being sent yes to seeing that change in us and through us in Jesus name thank you